The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Friday, March 31st. It is the last day of the quarter, last day of the month. And it is also the last day of Women's History Month. And I only point that out because I was able, in light of all the crazy banking crap that has been going on, I have been sitting on a segment that I've desperately wanted to do throughout the month of March with my friends at CBS Mornings. And it is about the concept around the gender wage gap. You know, I don't know, like it's sort of sobering if you think about it, Just since records have been kept, think of two chunks of time, the last 40 years, okay? Think of 1982 to 2002 and then 2002 to 2022. So these two 20-year periods. In the first half, women come into the workforce, huge strides, right? Because more women are coming in and this is great. Women are getting paid, fantastic. Then if you look at 2002, the pay gap between men and women was 80%. And we have improved exactly barely by just a tiny fraction. So in 2022, women earned an average, I know it's an average, 82% of what men earned. Okay. That's not great. So what I'm trying to figure out is like, where do we go from here? Like, why is the wage gap still persist? And where do we go? How do we move forward? So yesterday, I was so happy that we just squeezed it in under the deadline of March. We were able to talk about the gender wage gap. And I want to play the segment. I'm going to then talk about some of the other things that are impacted by that wage gap. So here is my segment on CBS Mornings. Our anchors are Nate Burleson. Gail King and Tony DeCopel. Oh my God. As Women's History Month draws to a close, we want to focus today's money watch on the gender pay gap. It's barely improved over the last 20 years. Just look at these numbers. In 2002, women earned on average 80% of what men earned. And in 2022, 20 years later, women still only earned 82% as much as men. It's even worse for women of color. 
Data research from the Pew Research Center show that black women earned 70 percent as much as white men in 2022 and Latina women earned 65 percent as much. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger joins us right now. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. All right. So um, more women graduate from college than men. Same goes for law school. And about half of medical school graduates are women. So why hasn't this um, gender gap improved? Yeah, it's a it's a curious combination of bad factors. At first, we were thinking maybe it's because women tend to dominate low paying fields, make child care, uh, home health care. And then we started to look at other professions and we found across many professions, most professions, if you compare men and women, men still make more money regardless of the profession. So that's really curious. We're doing the same job. We're doing the exact same job. Oh. So then there's one level deeper that I think is quite fascinating. It looks at parenthood. Now, think about it. Women have the baby. They take themselves out of the labor force. Often when they come back in, they are earning less. Now, let's look at a father. There is something that's called the fatherhood premium. A father who's in the workforce has presumably someone helping at home, tends to work more and longer than men who don't have children. So it's as if the men who have kids make more money than men without kids. Women who have kids make less money than anybody. Yeah, the men aren't penalized for having children. No, they're actually, yeah. it's a Seems premium. like one is rewarded, yeah. men, and it, then women, it's held against them. Exactly right. And I think that there's a lot of implicit and explicit bias, but I think that there's this combination of factors that are playing here that are leaving this gap persistently wide. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's a story in the news right now with Sharon Stone who says that she was paid $500,000 for uh, Basic Instinct. Michael Douglas was paid $14 million. Mm. Now, listen, I know she, she says, like, I was new, he was a big star. But that still seems like a that's gross, a significant yeah, that's gap. a significant difference. Well, I'll tell you in some sectors where it really is glaring is that we see a sector like nursing. A lot of nurses used to be, that field used to be dominated by women. Now more and more men have come in. Well, guess what? The men who come in seem to be making more than the women who've been there. So there is a gap and it persists and we have got to address this. So we know what do we do? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, we know this exists generally, but people are actually probably wondering where they work. Is this happening? They're looking at their coworkers and wondering if it's happening. I remember I worked at a magazine once, but for some reason, the printer started shooting out everybody's salary. It was like a big spreadsheet <laughs> oh and we all boy. gathered around and then we looked over at Barnett and we were, or Barrett and we were like, Barrett, Barrett, <laughs> Barrett you're doing about $20,000 better than everybody. <laughs> uh, so, but should people just be talking about it more not waiting for the printer error? That's well, I think that the transparency argument is really a good one. Now, remember, we have a lot of states that have started to say you've got to put a range out for the jobs that you're hiring for. Right. And I think this is good news. Employers get really freaked out about this. They don't want to do it. There's pushback. It actually improves morale because it makes you feel like if the system is fair and I know what it is, I work harder. But when we talk about having transparency, I think a lot of it has to do with people talking with one another. This is very helpful for women to do. You go out and you say, "Okay, I'm Jill. I'm working at an organization. I want to talk to another friend, maybe not doing the exact same thing as me, but getting some guidance. Mm -hmm. What are you making? What are your conversations like? If this is completely oddball to you, Gail, you and I are from a generation we didn't talk about this. I was raised not that it was very impolite. And and you didn't ask your coworker, Mm -hmm. what do you make? You do it more casually. I'm trying to find a way to increase my pay. What is the range that's here? How can I get this conversation going? Maybe going to a mentor, maybe to go someone else in the organization that's really been looking after you. 
it makes it so important because this kind of transparency leads to better outcomes. And by the way, the system can't just be where you're only talking to women. You've got to go across and talk to the other genders and find out who's there. Don't be protective. Oh, and by the way, Mm -hmm. many organizations frown on this. If you talk to many people in organizations, they'll say, my boss told me I was getting a raise, but I shouldn't tell anybody else. It's the unwritten Uh, rules. And by the way, that happened too. That is illegal. Mm. Um, It is perfectly legal for everybody to share their information. Bosses and managers, please, you should encourage that. Okay. One of the things that I thought was really interesting about the wage gap and what we didn't get to in the segment, because this is network TV, which is why I love a podcast, is that. You know, a wage gap is one thing, but it leads to other gaps. Specifically, we are talking about something called the wealth gap. Okay, what is wealth? Wealth represents the cumulative effects of earnings and savings and investing over time. And it does paint a pretty broad picture of someone's financial well-being. Well, when you have a wage gap, there is a bigger problem that emerges called the wealth gap because When you earn less, you have less money to save and invest. Okay, what else happens? Well, a lot of times when women leave the workforce, whether they're raising their own families or they're taking care of older relatives, they often lose out on valuable retirement benefits and they usually pay in less to the social security system. So check out this stat, Mark. This is a mind blower. It's a little bit old, but I think it's about the same. Women in the United States own 32 cents in financial assets for every $1 in assets that men own. You want to hear something even more frightening? For women of color, that number is two cents for every $1 that men own. So one of the things that I think is really important in this analysis is that we have got to have something change in order to level the playing field. And as you heard in the segment, it's not just about, you know, oh, women choose professions that pay less, right? There is a lot to be said for the fact that when wage disparities exist, we would like it if companies could fix them. I don't know if you uh, remember this, but some years ago, I think it was in 2015, 16, Salesforce had two female executives And they went to the CEO, Mark Benioff, and they said, you know, we think there's actually a strange gender pay gap. And he says, I doubt that. We we have like the best recruiting. We have the best systems. We have the best HR. So then they get the numbers back and they found that there was actually in every department, in every division, in every part of the country, women were paying, were getting paid less. So Benioff wrote a check. He said, I made a $6 million investment in the women who just were there and weren't getting enough money. They did the same thing subsequently with people of color, and they continue to check off that process by coming in every couple of years and doing it. And you know, they don't even talk to you. They just, and you end up with more money. It's unbelievable. So I think companies really need to crunch and confront those numbers. You're not a meritocracy. Just deal with it. That's okay. Like, I don't even care if you think you're really, oh, no, we really are married. You're not. Okay, fine. And the other part of this is about women who are able to articulate their own needs to their bosses and to their organizations. Now, you know, 
there've always been this, there's been this like long standing explanation of, oh, you know why women don't make as much money? Because they're not as ambitious and they're not as assertive as men. What we now know through research is that when a woman engages in this assertive negotiation, which we're supposed to do, they often will face backlash because people think it's not appropriate to be for women to behave that aggressively. And that to me is just like the catch 22 of being a woman and trying to articulate the needs that you have for yourself versus going in and trying to argue for the people on your team. Like when you say, Oh, I'm, I want to get Mark a raise and you, you go to your boss, you can, you can argue forcefully, but when it's for yourself somehow or other, that's read as, Oh, she's so aggressive or she really asked for so much. Anyway, I just want to say women, we got it tough here. There's no simple answer. And what I can say is that the more that you can share information with your colleagues, the more there's pay transparency, the more that you can work your system, figure out what you want, ask in a way that you hope is not going to like make anyone freak out. But most importantly, if you define that ask, like I, I outlined this in the book, you know, if you have the bully B-U-L-L-Y, approach where you're buttoning up your ask and you understand the landscape and you lose your ego and you, you know, do your prep, learn, you know, really leave, leave some of the, the stuff behind and try not to lose yourself in this process and practice and don't screw it up and don't get mad. Just kind of suck it up and really bring that, that ask to the fore, then maybe you will get what you want. That's what I can say. Also, by the way, Mark, unsolvable question. We really need to figure out childcare because women are bearing the brunt of both childcare as well as care for their aging relatives. And we don't have a system that actually provides for that on a national basis. And so it's sort of falling to companies to figure out how to do that. It's just a, it's a tough time. Anyway, not to be a bummer here and ending the week on a bummer, but you know, these are the things that are real. These things, if you're a manager, if you are an owner, if you are someone in an organization where you really think there's a pay inequity, try to figure out how to get the word out a little bit. Try to talk to each other, help one another, figure out what you can do. None of this, oh, don't tell so-and-so that you got this raise because, you know, that's illegal, right? Like people can share information. Finish out Women's History Month, have a drink, a toast to the women. And if you manage women, make sure they're getting paid as much as men and stop explaining it away. And if you have a comment about how you think we can better manage this process uh, collectively as a community, Jill on Money, as a nation, the United States, as a culture, let's get your ideas. If you've got an idea to solve the pay inequity problem, go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button. And uh, let us know if you want to come on the air. We'll, we'll talk it out with you. While you're on the website, don't forget to subscribe to our new service. It's called Jill on Money Live. We had our very first, very first webinar with Ed Slot, smashing success. I just have to say, complete smashing success. So check out Jill on Money Live. You'll have access to quarterly live webinars and more special content. We're, we're starting video chat sessions with you guys. It's going to be great. Okay. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Karen Cranick is our web queen. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. And we are distributed by Cadence 13. Try to do something nice for someone else today. Have a great weekend. I'm sorry to bring you down. You'll have a great weekend anyway. Change your work. Change your wealth. Change your life. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.